to each guru, the rite of passage marks an important, perhaps the most important, part of their life. It is a transition from being a cub into joining the guru nation, becoming an independent adult, for lack of better terms, who can be trusted by their pack, sept, even their tribe, to do what must be done in the service of Gaia. These rites can be arduous and dangerous, some young guru dying even as they undergo it. In these times, many septs do their best to avoid this, knowing that each dead guru is a massive loss for the entire planet. Yet some still hold strictly to the old traditions, and to them it will be an insult of the worst order not to allow these guru to be, to fight, win, or die trying. The cairn of green willows had been the home of Chuzon Fur since his Garu mother had left him there almost 17 years ago. And while he had come to learn of the world outside of this small insular commune, even venturing out in homid form to the nearby city, if only to be able to disappear into a faceless crowd for a little bit, he would always find his way back to the small oasis he belonged to. Other Garu pups had come and gone as he grew up. Hamids and Lupus who had undergone their first changes, who trained with the Sept Elders, went through their rite of passage, and then either journeyed on to find foes to fight, near or far, or even staying and picking up a trade of their mentors, eventually supplanting them as time or war claimed them. Occasionally it seemed as if Chuzon first time had come, and the Elders spoke of allowing him a chance to prove himself yet each time a new pack would be formed without him, its members forging on and leaving the pup behind. Perhaps he wasn't ready, he had told himself, and had devoted even more time and energy into memorizing the rites, rituals and names that the Thurges of the Sept employed. Eventually, however, two new werewolf pups were brought to the Cairn of Green Willows. They were Shatterglass, a young Lupus, and Laika, a homid who had been living on the streets for months before a Garu of the Sept had found her by chance. Chatterglass was brought by another Lupus who departed soon after, and neither her nor Laika seemed to have any inklings of an understanding of what they actually were. In the months that followed, Chuzon Fur observed from a distance how the two received the same training that he had seen so many others undergo. Schooling in what it means to be a Garu, to fight the worm, to defend Gaia, and how to be a pack. Yet this time it was different. No other newcomers would join them, their pack woefully incomplete. It was then that Shatterglass approached him one evening, attempting to strike up a conversation, having seen him many times in the corner of her eye. Chuzonfer's first impression wasn't great. He would stumble over his words, speak unclearly, and be unable to meet Shatterglass's eyes. But she was patient. Perhaps it was because of her own life as an outcast, or maybe it was simply that she was a wolf. But she listened to him, and eventually, when they had spoken for hours, she told him to join her and Laika by the fire. It was difficult at first to get along with Laika, Chusonfer came to realize. She was hard, toughened by the circumstances around her first change and her time living on the streets afterwards. She distrusted the Thurge, speaking only a few words at a time to him, but eventually she would accept his presence as well, if only because of the familiarity and the many small secrets he shared with the two about the Sept, and all those things about being a guru that they never teach you. 
Eventually, the three would patrol together around the cairn, even join their elders on their hunts, chasing down Banes under the stern surveillance of Cuts Off Rot, the grizzled guardian of the Sept who had once bitten off his own arm to stop corruption from claiming him completely. When the day came that their elders told the three pups that their ritual of passage would be conducted, Choose on Fur immediately moved to the side, happy for his friends, but sad to see them go. Yet Cuts of Rot shoved him not too gently back to the other two. He was joining them. The rite of passage is a ritual as old as the Garu themselves. It is the crowning moment of a pup's education, where they show that they are worthy of becoming true Garu, true warriors of Gaia, and to be allowed to really join a tribe. It is a test of metal, wits and strength, and unique for each pack. At the end of it, the three would no longer need supervision. They would be united in purpose. Their task was to travel north, far north, and retrieve an ancient fetish from a now-dead cairn and bring it back in the hope that the spirit within the fetish would be able to aid the cairn of the Green Willows if shown the proper respect. Other Garou would be watching from afar, yet they would not interfere in this task, for that would disrupt the very purpose of the rite. And thus the three were driven far out into the woods and dropped off without food, gear or tools. They were told they needed to find the cairn of the polar lights, which would be far to the north. To the three pups this task would at first seem insurmountable. They had never been to this part of the lands, they had no idea where the cairn they sought after was, and neither Laika nor Chuzon Fur had much experience traveling long stretches of the lands. Shatterglass, while familiar with this way of life, likewise felt uneasy about the situation, as she had never been trusted to guide and lead others, her confidence in her own abilities her biggest hurdle to overcome. Eventually they began to travel, slowly, trying out different forms until finally all three of them settled for lupus, their clothes thankfully spiritually bonded to them, and thus not torn to shreds or left behind as they shifted onto four legs. Chuzon Fur was miserable for the entire journey, his sparse coat doing little to help shield him from the cold, yet he persevered in silence, knowing that a failure would mean more years until he would be able to prove himself worthy of being Garou, and besides, he didn't want to disappoint his new packmates. Their journey took several days, interrupted only occasionally by a hunting lodge buried deep in the snow, or the pursuit of a hare or deer to feed off. Shatterglass would grow into her role as a guide and leader, barking directions to the other two as they hunted, and when they needed sleep she proved expert in finding isolated hollows in the forest, improvised dens for them to avoid the worst of the chill. Laika meanwhile found herself tested as her human sensibilities were pushed, each in turn from this way of living. Raw meat, endless running through the woods. She would find herself eventually getting lost in the motions, her mind forcing itself to adapt to her situation and she would come to understand her sister Shatterglass more. Chuzon Fur would attempt to commune with spirits each time they stopped to rest, bargaining and pleading for them to keep them warm, to soothe their aching muscles, and to bring prey for them to hunt. Sometimes he would succeed, but more often than not he would find little reward for his work, and by the end of the second week they had gone two days without food. It was then that they came upon the place that had once been a cairn, and in horror they realized that with its Garou wardens gone, these once sacred lands had now been infested by the Wyrm. Machinery, barbed wire fences, prefab modular offices, and armed guards greeting them. 
The pack had no way of knowing if their elders had known of this or not, and for a short while they contemplated asking the gaffling that the Sept had tasked with being their lifeline to call for their elders and request help. Laika stopped them, suggesting they all take 30 minutes for themselves to think about it, and then they would hold a vote. When the 30 minutes had passed, none of them voted to ask for help. Instead they began to scout out the small dig site, carefully watching from afar as they learned the patrol routes of the human guards, the schedule of work, and the possible weaknesses in their defenses. None of them noticed that they were being watched themselves, a jaggling of chimera observing them from a distance. Only on Fur was able to sense the presence of a spirit, not usually belonging to this place, and not of the worm. Something else would become apparent to the three as they began to formulate their plan. The Andron employees had a prisoner, and they were waiting for an extraction team to come pick them up. Concerned about both the arrival of reinforcements and the prospect of someone being captured by these people, the pack decided to attack that very same night. The cairn of the polar lights had not died due to any natural reasons. It had been slowly drained of its gnosis by the powerful fetish stored deep within the earth. A weapon containing an ancient bane spirit that had been sealed within it hundreds of years ago. This was what Endron were after, and this is why another Garou, a lone stargazer, had attempted to infiltrate the dig site and had been found and captured. The attack upon the encampment was the product of the three pups working in perfect unison, each one having grown and learned from the others during their journey together. The raw fury of Laika drew the attention of the majority of the security forces, the distraction giving Shadowglass time to find the prisoner and choose on fur the opportunity to disrupt the weaver spirits powering the machinery of the excavators, rendering them useless hunks of steel and wires, all the while he tore out the instrument panels and ripped the treads. The Stargazer, a ragabash by the name of Glint, had not followed his tribe to Tibet, having instead chosen to travel his homelands and try to find a way to help heal the Garou nation. His clan's totem, Chimera, had abandoned him like he had left his tribe. Yet as he was freed, he joined the fight with renewed vigor and the four Garou were able to whittle the guards and Fomori down, slowly but steadily. Yet they had not taken into account the Black Spiral Dancer who had remained underground during this entire time, working to find another way to access the possessed weapon, a dagger of volcanic glass that hummed with corrupting powers. He retrieved it and broke it, letting out the mighty spirit of the Bane that immediately began to corrupt the land around the place, twisting its energies and possessing the traitorous servant of the Wyrm as well. It was then that an avatar of Chimera warned the four of what was happening, and under her guidance they journeyed into the Umbra, where they faced down this beast. Weakened by its time inside the weapon, the bane was driven off, although not destroyed. The Black Spiral Dancer was left a hollowed-out husk from the ordeal, and Shadowglass took his life in mercy before his and all the other Endron employees' bodies were burned in a pyre. The Elders had not foreseen this series of events, for if they had, they would have most assuredly not sent three pups to face this threat. Yet they survived it, adding a fourth member to their group, and Glint joined the three in communion with Chimera, who gave her blessings to the pack of the Polar Light, promising to look over them as they had her errant child. A rite of passage is so much more than a routine introduction into the Garou society at large. It is an opportunity for the young ones to put all that they have learned into practice, 
to learn to trust each other and to prove that they have what it takes to save Gaia or die trying. The five grandchildren of Cain wait patiently for the time of judgment to arise. Snow, wise beyond his years and powerful in his compassion. Bambi Parsons, a leader with an unbreakable will. Dr. Sheepington, whose wisdom, like the ocean, is deep and broad beyond our understanding. The unemployed writer who has dictated the tides of history with his pen and wit alone. And Dugal, whose thirst for blood is matched only by his strength of will. Their childhood, the Methuselah, control our every move through their timeless jihad. They are Her Satanic Majesty Danny, whose mere presence chills the heart, Maximilian S. Hardcastle, tutor of countless venture in the art of the jihad, Socrates Johnson, whose understanding and compassion knows no bounds, Lauren Eason, a skillful and trustworthy ally and friend, the observant and calculative Procyon, as well as Alexander Kanehurst, the inquisitive explorer of the world of darkness. On the Council of the Primogen are seated Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, 06, Stonewolf18, Ian Nichols, The Black Friar, Ravenfang, Brad Hardwick, and Pilgrim, wise leaders and of good judgment. We would also wish to welcome Get of Mathrox to the Council, his valued wisdom a great addition to our cause. This week the Council would wish to thank especially the Elder Junpocholo for your support. Thank you once again, my friend. We would also wish to once more honor the Ancile Harry Wyckoff. Your loyalty and friendship is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Naturally, all our elders, Ancile and neonates, receive our gratitude from the bottoms of our hearts. Without your support, this would not be possible. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for the end times may soon be upon us.